Well, today on this last Sunday of the church year, we honor Jesus Christ as our King. And Jesus Christ is a King who looks a lot more like a shepherd. Rather than holding a gold scepter in his hand, he has a shepherd's staff to guide his lost sheep. And instead of the royal robes of a king, he wears the tattered robes of a shepherd who tends his flock. Jesus Christ is a king who chose a crown of thorns rather than a gold crown encrusted with jewels, as we might imagine a king would wear. He's a king whose subjects are the poor, the lost, the sick, the suffering, the forsaken, the injured, and the strays. Jesus Christ is a king who doesn't take the highest seat at the banquet table, but takes the lowest place and invites you and I to do the same. On this last Sunday of the church year, we're given beautiful images of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. In our first reading from the prophet Ezekiel, we're reminded of what a Good Shepherd does for his sheep. Ezekiel says, And the Lord God said, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. And a beautiful reflection for us as we go through this week is to think about whether we have seen the shepherd's face. Have we seen Jesus in our time of prayer? And the prophet says, I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. Have we allowed Jesus to rescue us when we were lost? Or did we try to figure it out for ourselves? The prophet says, I myself will pasture them and give them rest. Do you and I know how to rest in the Lord? Do we spend that time, that face-to-face -face time with Jesus, just sitting at his feet peacefully, allowing him just to hold us? And finally, I will seek them out, bring back the strays, bind up the injured, heal the sick. Have we allowed the Good Shepherd to be the one to heal us in our brokenness, to bring us back when we're lost. You know, our psalm today is one of my favorite psalms, and I would guess it's a favorite of many people here. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, a shepherd trains the sheep to listen to his voice. It doesn't take very long before those sheep just know the shepherd's voice. And there could be four or five shepherds out in the pasture calling, and they will go to the shepherd's voice. Eventually, they learn to hear and follow that voice. It's the role of the sheep, that's you and I, to follow where the shepherd leads us. This involves trusting the Lord in everything that we do, trusting that God will always protect us and lead us on that right path. All of us have known the days of the dark valley that Psalm 23 talks about, days when it was very dark and difficult and we couldn't see the other side where all the wonderful things are, the lush green pastures and the rich banquet. And Jesus leads us, if we will allow him to do so, through those dark valleys, through those difficult times, leading us through that difficult period to the other side, 
to all of the beauty and wonder that he's promised us. You know, one of my favorite saints, and I know uh, Father Stephen shares this love, is St. Teresa of Calcutta. And she was a person who knew Jesus' voice, and she followed that voice even in times of great spiritual darkness. And we know after she died that much was written about the darkness that she suffered, not seeing a lot of spiritual light in her time on this earth. And she's an example of how we see the face of Christ in the poor and the destitute. She was once asked by a reporter how she could continue to serve the poor and the sick and the dying with such great joy. She said this, whenever I meet someone in need, it's really Jesus in his most distressing disguise. Jesus in the abandoned child by the road Jesus in the beggar hoping for a meal. Jesus in the leper whose limbs have turned to dust. It's him I help, him alone. What a beautiful faith that allowed her to see past the person to see Christ in everyone that she met. Well, in our gospel today, Jesus calls us to serve the poor, the hungry, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. And we're reminded that when we serve one of our least brothers and sisters, it's really Christ that we are meeting in that person. Jesus says in answer to the question that is posed to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and not minister to you? And he says, whatever you did not do, for one of these least ones you did not do for me. You and I are called to be the hands and feet of Christ to all those we meet. And my experience is that sometimes I encounter people and I can see their need right out front. The person standing by the roadside with the sign, I'm hungry, please help me. Or the person who's very clearly sick or suffering. But more often, my brothers and sisters, we will find that person standing in front of us and their need will not be apparent to us. But as we talk to them and meet them and converse with them, we will find that wound that's deep in their heart. And God will allow us to minister to them in that moment if we are willing to do so. I'd like to end this church year with a very beautiful, and hopeful story about how the kingdom of God is present right here on this earth, and most especially present when we kneel in adoration before our Lord and King. The story takes place in the city of Juarez, Mexico, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the world, I'm told. And the reason it's so dangerous is there has been a constant drug war going on in that city, and the rival gangs are battling for control of the drug cartel. And so there's a lot of death and a lot of violence there. In 2010, there were 3,766 homicides in the city of Juarez, Mexico. Five years later, in 2015, that number had dropped 
to 256. I'm not a mathematician, but somebody can probably quickly do the math there. That's a very significant, extremely significant drop in the number of homicides. And some of that can be attributed to changes in the government and more strict law enforcement. But there's another, another factor here. Some missionaries began setting up adoration chapels all around the city in Juarez, Mexico. And the missionary priest who set these up said, when a parish adores God day and night, the city is transformed. And indeed it was. He told the reporter that 40 people a day were dying in the city because of the rival gangs and the fighting that was going on. Well, there were some women that wanted to have an adoration chapel in their own parish, and they were very desperate for this. And they asked the missionaries if they would open this perpetual adoration chapel because they were assured that only Jesus would save them from what was going on in the city. They said, only Jesus can give us sanctity. And so very quickly, in just three days' time, those missionary priests were able to establish that perpetual adoration chapel in this church in Juarez. And there's a story of a woman who was heading to that adoration chapel at the three o'clock morning hour, the hour of divine mercy, heading to that chapel to pray. And she was stopped by six soldiers who were guarding the city and they asked her where she was going. And she told them she was going to the little chapel and they asked her where it was and how it was that this was open at this hour of the morning. And she said, come with me, and you'll see. So she invited them to go with her and they followed her to the chapel. And as they arrived in the chapel, they found six women on their knees making a holy hour at three o'clock in the morning. And the woman said to the soldiers, do you think that you are protecting us? We are praying for you here 24 hours a day. One of the uniformed soldiers reportedly fell down on his knees with his weapon in his hand and began weeping before the Blessed Sacrament. And the very next day at three o'clock in the morning, that same soldier was in that chapel in civilian clothes once again kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament and crying tears. There are miracles happening in adoration chapels all around the world because Jesus Christ is present there and adorers are present before him. There's another miracle that happened, a beautiful story. At the time that this uh, first began, there were eight men studying for the priesthood in the seminary in this city. And they were about ready to close the seminary because they didn't think that they could manage to keep it open with only eight men. Today, there are 88 men in the seminary studying for the priesthood. My brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is present with us here in this Eucharist, in this sacrament, but he's also very present with us in our Adoration Chapel and in chapels all over the world. Let us come and adore Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. Amen.